Good evening, everybody. If you could take a seat, please, if you don't have a seat. There's lots of seats on this side here. I don't know why people don't want to sit this side. And it's, uh, I do now, actually. I. <laughs> Good evening. Thank you for coming along tonight. Uh, this is part of our 15-year celebration of being in here as Living Hope uh, Belfast. We had a great service this morning. We're going to have a great service uh, this evening as well. It says this morning what I said uh, to the church was that the church has a long, uh, rich heritage that goes back to the 1930s uh, when it was Hopeton Street Church and then Bethshan Tabernacle and now here as Living Hope Belfast. Uh, and we, our desire is that our church would have an impact in this community. And so, so what we're going to do, we're going to spend some time tonight celebrating uh, what God has done and also looking forward to what God is going to do with the night. And the pastor, Reese, is going to be bringing the word later. But if, we just, if you could just grab your seats, there's some seats there, there's some seats down the front here. And then we're going to hand over to the team, we're going to lead us in a song.
sins are forgiven my future is heaven and I praise God for what he's done what he's done what he's done all the glory and the honor to the Son my sins are forgiven future is heaven. I praise God for what He's done. I praise God for what He's done. Church, we're going to remain in that attitude of worship. Do you want to stand on your feet and let's worship together?
you're worthy of it all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you to the team for leading us in worship there. It says just a few announcements uh, tonight. Uh, the first one is tomorrow is the Refresh Lunch Club at one o'clock. Uh, Jackie Roberts will be speaking. Please come along if you've nothing to do Tomorrow, please come along and enjoy a lunch here and a time of fellowship. 
It's the final day to pay for your Christmas dinner at the Tully Glass that they're going on in December. Uh, so if you've not paid for that yet, then please uh, pay for that tomorrow. And Tuesday night is the Living Word Bible Study with Tim Bailey at 7.30. Uh, so if, you, if you're free, please come along because the Bible studies are great. Um, they're just a great time of encouragement and teaching and helps you in your discipleship, your journey. Uh, so please come along there. Next Sunday evening, um, we're doing our second conversation. You remember uh, earlier on, about, at the end of October there, we did a conversation, myself and Tim Bailey. We're planning on doing these uh, once a month with a different subject. Uh, so next Sunday night is we're doing Faith and Family, and uh, it's going to be me and my wife, Athena, are going to be uh, sharing, having a conversation together. I've laid down some ground rules for her that you can't interrupt me, which is the first one, and I have to have a say as well. Okay, so that's next Sunday evening at half past six. Uh, this is going to be church. Uh, church with a difference there. Next Sunday morning, we have another special service because it is the dedicate, dedication of Pastor Reese and Rebecca's little baby Elias. So that's going to be a special service next Sunday morning. Uh, but after the service, it says we're planning on having a lunch uh, together to celebrate uh, this. So everybody is invited. So they would love uh, the whole church family to come along so if you don't usually come to church on a Sunday morning listen come to church and get your lunch afterwards and stuff that's always are you allowed to say that yeah I know yes I've got cake tonight anyway so so listen they would love you to be there so that's next Sunday uh, next Sunday morning at half past ten come along uh, to church for a special uh, dedication we have started to collect for the food hampers every Christmas We've put together a big Christmas project, provides presents and hampers and all the other stuff for, uh, for families in need, to bless families and stuff. So we've started to collect. If you'd like to donate food, uh, then there's a container out there in the foyer. If you would prefer to donate cash and we can buy the food, uh, then you can cross my palm at the door there, okay, <laughs> on the way out tonight and stuff. Or you could donate some money there. Uh, for that and stuff. So at the end of our service tonight, uh, as with other services, we have a prayer ministry team, we have a prayer team, uh, something that's said tonight and you just would like prayer for or just something, if you've come to church and you'd just like somebody to pray with you, uh, please make use of it. They're gonna, the person's going to be standing in the foyer there, you'll see them with the, the lanyard on that says prayer team and they would love to pray with you this evening. Take advantage of that. Uh, we're celebrating 15 years here and I got the chance to speak this morning and I thought it would be a good opportunity to, to let the young ones speak, though I'm a young one as well, but they let them uh, share tonight and stuff. So we're delighted uh, that before uh, Pastor Reese brings us a word that we're going to invite our children's worker here, Rebecca Hughes, to come up and share uh, some testimony of what it's like to grow up here uh, in the church. She obviously was part of the children's work and now leads the children's work, but also a very special day as well because she got engaged on Friday. And most importantly, she got engaged to an Englishman. And he's a Christian as well, so now all that. So those two delights. So we're delighted that Rebecca 
is going to come up and share before Pastor Reese comes. Thank you, Rebecca. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yes, so just want to come up quickly and just talk really briefly about what living hope means to me, what it means to be here um, 15 years. So I didn't get the exact day, but I'm pretty sure that as soon as I was born, whatever, whenever the Sunday was, I was at church, mum and dad um, went to Beth Shan, and as soon as the first Sunday that I was able out of hospital, I'm sure I would have been there. I don't remember much about growing up um, in the old church, but I was saying to Pastor Matt the other day, I remember, um, growing up, going to all the kids' churches, even if it didn't have a choice. I remember, and um, some kids will agree, teenagers will agree, if we're all being honest, like there was many times where I tried to get out of going to church. There was plenty of times where I pulled the sickie and said, like, oh, I really don't feel well. And I often say it, my dad's the one that would have came and prayed for me and said, right, come on, we're going, you've prayed for, like, let's go to church. Um, yeah, he would totally have been that person. And I'm so glad for it um, today. He wouldn't have known that, that I would have been here um, saying this tonight. And I remember sitting in um, kids' church growing up. I was probably the one that every time they asked if anyone wanted to become a Christian, I probably put my hand up like every single time as you do with the kid. And I remember when this church building was open. I don't remember the opening night or anything, but I remember really specifically like dad bringing me in and the opening sign which you'll see as soon as you walk into the foyer I remember seeing that we got to come like a day or something before people will probably be able to tell me it was like a day or a couple of days before the building opened to see it I remember seeing that really special sign and then I came to a youth camp so I was just going into first year and there was a few extra spaces left in the youth camp and Pastor Matt said like Rebecca I know you're only in P7 but would you like to come along and I guess that youth camp was the time where I really started to take my faith seriously. It wasn't going to be one like mum and dad bring me to church. It was going to be my own. So then went to Girls Model. And Girls Model always kind of sensed that there was a calling on my life to, to do this full time. That I wanted to help people like the rest of the time that God had given me. It wasn't super smart if I'm being really honest. And there was some things I was good at, good at ICT in school. And I remember actually, I haven't got this down, but... A teacher saying to me in school and um, upper sick, like walking along the corridor, like Rebecca, if you go into ICT, like there'll be so much money in it, and there'll be a lot of jobs. Like you, why, like why Bible college? Why Bible college? But she didn't know that, and neither did I know that tonight that I would be standing here. And it's really interesting as I was writing this. It's strange going from being a church kid to now the one helping the church kids it's strange from doing it and it's just amazing what God can simply do if you follow him like I didn't do anything amazing but just followed God and trusted God and God brought me along on this journey and you know church is really special to me I hope you get that when you speak to me I love it here because it's my family it's my friends it's where I work it's where I serve and it's here where I have a heart to see other people do that too and you know as I said growing up as a child and now serving the kids here is a real privilege to me there's this verse that I love to remind myself of and I always tell the kids church leaders it's in Sam 87 verse 4 and it says we will not hide them from their children but tell to the coming generations the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done so truly I believe like if there was anything that we don't need to make complicated it's that 
It's that that we're here now. Like, who would have thought that little me probably was really, really annoying as a child if anyone was in Beshan growing up through church? Who would have thought that God would have had his hand on little me? And the same goes for you tonight. Like, God has his hand on your life and he can do amazing things when you follow him. And one thing that I wrote down here, really personally, that I wanted to say, like, aside of all the kids' stuff, like, one thing that when I always think of churches, and it's so cliche, but it's so true, is that church is really a family. And I want to encourage you tonight, like whoever you are, to press into that, to simply not be someone, no matter what church you go to or whether it's here, like that you just come into church and attend and go home. Because actually, this church has been the people that have strengthened me. This, pe- this church have been people that have prayed for me, helped me through the toughest times, laugh with me, being like a second family. And people will really know that. They've taught me and they've simply done it because I've showed up. Not maybe because I'm the most lovable person because I'm really not, but simply because I showed up. And I want to encourage you tonight. Like I wanted something, you to take something from this tonight, not just me coming and telling my story, but I wanted to encourage you. Get involved in church. Like, don't be someone that comes in the door and leaves again. Get involved. Connect with people. Like, if you really need prayer tonight after church, like, don't be embarrassed by that. Like, you're not going to get anything if you walk out here and uh, don't ask someone to pray with you. But ask someone, like, get involved and ask people to do that. And I want to encourage you with that first that I always tell and the kids seem that there's something about telling the next coming generation about the glorious deeds of God, simply what God's done. And God has done, I don't know what the next so often, obviously a lot has changed this weekend and it's just been so exciting, but I really don't know what the next couple of years, what's, whatever's ahead of me. But I want to encourage you that if you simply follow God, that he'll do amazing things in your life. Like, hasn't been easy. Did I think I would be the kids' worker here? No, did I think anything that's happened in my life would have happened? No, but God had his hand on it. And I want to encourage you tonight of them things. If you come to church, get involved in church, and hopefully this can relate to you all. I've wrote here, if you're a young person, why don't you challenge yourself to encourage a kid about what God's done? If you see a kid coming in on a Sunday, I would love nothing more for you to tell them. It's really good to see you at church today. I would love nothing more for that. If you're a young adult, why don't you encourage a teenager? Like teenagers are going through such hard challenges right now, coming up with so many choices. Like young adults, let's encourage that next generation and tell them what God's done. The adults, like we need you. Like this young adult generation, sometimes we act like we know it all, but we really don't. Like under the surface, we don't. And we need your advice. We need you to encourage us. And you know, I want to encourage those who have been here and seen it all. The people that have prayed for probably nights like tonight the people that have been there in the old church and came through living hope I want to encourage you to don't stop to keep pushing on because God has been so good and don't stop now God will continue to do amazing things and when I was writing this I was just so encouraged that God can literally use anyone like I would have never thought you won't believe it but in girls model I was like the shyest girl like in the place like you wouldn't believe that now but wouldn't have been, would have been really embarrassed to do things like this but God really does do amazing things if you let him and I love that our church is a church that lets the young people lets the kids get involved like this morning and then during the week we'll see a different generation come through and I want to encourage you tonight get involved I want to encourage you think of the generation below you and what you're doing to tell them about God 
And you know, this is what we've got to do. We've got to tell the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and all the wonders he has done. So personally, just want to say a big thank you. Thank you, church, for being so good in my life, like so, so good in my life. You all know how you've prayed with me, how you've laughed with me and how you supported me. And if you come to this church, why don't you experience that for yourself too? If you need prayer later, ask someone to pray with you, share life with people. And most importantly, the most important thing, if you don't know Jesus, he can completely change your life tonight, like completely. It'd be so wrong. I would never come up here and say, like kids ministries doing all this amazing things here's the plans for the future but simply I want to tell you that God has been so good and if you don't know him tonight that could be the most important decision you could ever make in your life and don't leave here without making that decision I'm going to hand over to Pastor Reese and he's going to bring us the word thanks Pastor Reese thank you Rebecca you probably already gathered that um, tonight is just a little bit different. And what I'm going to share is maybe just a little bit different too. Um, because it's the 15th anniversary and um, obviously we're, we're looking at what God has done. We're celebrating what he's doing. Um, we're believing for the great things that he is going to do. And yeah, tonight does look a little bit different because I just want to share with you some of my story tonight. Um, I don't plan to make it all about me, but I just in fact want to share with you um, about my my journey here. Pastor Matt said a little bit of it this morning, um, but I'm I'm very much a living hoper, and, and I thought that some of that journey um, might encourage you tonight. And I would just like to say that it is a privilege to stand here and share with you as we celebrate 15 years of living hope. And Pastor Matt shared this morning um, and, and it might come as a surprise to many of you to know that I wasn't here when the church opened 15 years ago. Um, I had actually just turned 12 years old. Um, I have had a part paper around. I look a lot older than I am. <laughs> Ministry does that too, isn't that right, Pastor? <laughs> So yeah, um, I had just turned 12 years old. I had no thought of church, no thought of God. Um, I didn't know that Living Hope existed, uh, let alone um, had been given this land and was opening, hadn't heard of the previous buildings that they'd been in. I, I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't know an awful lot about what was going on or um, certainly didn't understand what God had planned. But Fast forward almost 15 years to when the vision was presented for the next three years. Um, it was presented on the 4th of September and I was unable to be here because our first son arrived that day. Um, that was Sunday the 4th of September. But I knew beforehand what was being presented and it's behind me as well. Come to him and go for him. And it excited me. The, the presentation of the vision excited me because it was ultimately the invitation because I always say that excites me because 
I, I, I always say when I'm sharing my story, I'm simply somebody who was invited. Somebody who was invited along. In September 2010, I received my invitation. And I was invited along to church. My invitation came in the form of a message asking me that I want to come to Tuesday Night Youth. Um, so it was Tuesday then. It's a little bit different now. Um, but I said yes. And I went along for a good few weeks before telling my mum um, I don't know if I'm going to go back. I, I went for a few weeks to the youth here at Living Hope and I said, I don't know if I'm going to go back because it's a bit gaudy for me. That's what I said. Uh, and it's still a bit gaudy, let me tell you, for any young people that want to go. And she encouraged me um, because a friend had invited me that I should at least give it a go until the youth weekend that was coming up in the November. So, um, uh, it's funny actually, it's like, it says there behind me, you shall go, and I was actually just thinking um, of my mum saying to me, you shall go to Live and Hope Youth and you shall stay there. But she didn't, she just encouraged me, she gave me a gentle nudge, she said, go to the youth weekend, see what you think, and um, after that, if you don't want to keep going, fair enough. And, and again, as Pastor Matt shared, um, in November 2010, I went on that weekend, and then following that weekend, um, I sat in that room back there that we invite other people to sit in, to pray with, and, and I confess Christ is my Lord, my life changed forever, and it was all because of an invitation. An invitation. Can I encourage you, off the back of that, don't say people's no for them. Don't give, pe- don't, don't give people a no before they've, already, before they've said it. Like, don't give people the opportunity. Give them the invitation. Don't decide in your head that this isn't for them. You don't know that. They don't know that. But God certainly knows what we need. People don't know exactly what it is that they need, but God does. And, and I came for a few weeks and, and I didn't know what I needed either, but God did. And can I just encourage you, don't, don't, don't be people's no. Give them the invitation and see what God does with it. What people need is to encounter the living hope. And not, not, just the, not just encounter the warm welcome that we have in church or the lovely cake or the tea and coffee. Encounter the Holy Spirit. If he, at first, it, it, you, you might come into this place and you might think it's, this is just a little bit different. And you start to explore what, what it actually is, what's going on here, why are these people like this? You know, if even at first people think that it's not for them, the Holy Spirit can speak to them. He can soften their hearts and lead them to a brand new life, just like he did for me. When, when I was a young teenager, I was, pretty, I was pretty happy, but mostly I was happy with my own company, with my family, or with a select group of very close friends. Um, and sort of a bit similar to what uh, Rebecca was saying there. Um, I, I wasn't a very outgoing kid. New people terrified me, like properly scared me. I mean, like, my mum gave me a pound to get the bus home in first year of big school, first year of secondary school. She gave me a pound to get the bus home. I burst into tears. I can't get on that bus. There's all these people there that I don't know. <laughs> 
He's like, wise up. You shall go on that bus. No, she didn't. But, um, yeah, I was, I was just, I was scared of everybody. That's, that's the type of young person that I was. But when I came to church, I met a different kind of everybody. It just wasn't anything like that experience before. I found people that welcomed me with open arms and made me feel like I'd come home to a group of people that I could be, be myself with, but also discover myself with. It was just something entirely different. And I know a lot of you will have experienced this too, or maybe tonight you've experienced it for the first time. It's just so different. And, and apart from... That, apart from even the warm welcome and apart from the people that I was surrounded with, I discovered God's word. And I came to faith through that. I came to faith after I read a few verses in Jeremiah that I want to share with you tonight. And I'll be honest, I read these at complete random. Nobody had, nobody had pointed me to them. Um, I was given a Bible, I couldn't even tell you where I got it, and I flicked it open and I landed on this youth weekend in the room that I was in, I landed in Jeremiah 1, and I read the following verses. And it says this, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Church, allow me to pray, and we're going to continue. We'll study God's word. We'll hear some more of this. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you that it, it breathes life. Thank you, God, that your word, it, it offers new life. Thank you that it's not just words on a page, but, Lord, it's, it's all there and it's specific and it's not coincidental. God, thank you that everything we need is here. And, God, I pray that tonight, even as I share my story, God, would people see through me? Would they see Christ? Lord, I thank you for what we have here I thank you for all that has, has happened, all that is going on, and Lord, all we have to look ahead to, but God, as we look to your word, I just pray that, that I would be opened in here tonight, God, that we would see something that we haven't seen before. Lord, that you would give us fresh revelation. It's in your son's holy and precious name we pray. Amen. When I read those words at 15 years old, I sometimes do get dates and ages mixed up, so if this is wrong, I apologise, but it's around that anyway. I read these words at 15 years old, and they had a profound impact on my life. Um, I felt like it was written just for me. And, and I understand through, through studying it, and we'll get a bit into that tonight, I understand that it's not specifically for me, but, but when I read it, I felt like it was written for me. I didn't know that that was God speaking to me. Like I said at the start, I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't know that that was God speaking to me, but he really was. And, 
And I believe, as I prayed at the start there, there, there are no coincidences here. And, and that being said, the reality is, as, as I just mentioned there, is these words weren't necessarily given to me. They were given to Jeremiah. They're there for us to read. And we can read the context. It's, it's, when we look at the context, we see a specific calling over a specific person for a specific time. And yet these words still spoke to me. How can that be? It's because of who wrote them. It's because of who breathed them. The life that is in these words that, that was given to somebody else, words, words given by God to somebody else, God uses these words to commission Jeremiah and at the same time knew that one day I would pick up those pages, read that column for Jeremiah and see God in it. Believe that God was speaking to me. And I want to spend the next few minutes just telling you a bit about this guy, Jeremiah. I hope that you see how this might apply to your life also. Because, you see, Jeremiah, he lived in the final days of the nation of Judah. And, and this nation was crumbling. It, was, it, was, um, it had been disobedient to God. And Jeremiah was the last prophet that God sent to preach to the southern kingdom which was the tribes of Judah and Benjamin. So God had repeatedly warned Israel, had warned the nation to stop their idolatrous behavior, stop worshiping false gods. It was, it was continual. But they wouldn't listen, and so then God sends Jeremiah to give Judah the last warning before he cast them out of the land. And now what's interesting here is that Jeremiah was only about 17, which is why you read his hesitation, why you read, but I'm only a youth. And he was given the responsibility. He was given this incredible responsibility of telling Judah that because of their unrepentant sin that God had turned against them and was now prepared to remove them from the land. God gives Jeremiah here responsibility and and maybe it's not in the same way maybe it doesn't look at all similar but you know God gives us responsibility and and, and age doesn't always come into it but sometimes character or sometimes where we are in life or even how we feel that that can come into it and we can often say God I'm I'm not I'm not your man I'm not your woman. Why are you using me? But God is, more, is glorified in that. He is glorified in using imperfect people. He's glorified in using the people that others don't necessarily see something in, but God does. And, and as Pastor Matt said this morning, this is about the individual and what God, do, what God does in the individual lives. And in Jeremiah's life, he's given an incredible responsibility. And no doubt, he had to be anxious because these are his people. And he begs them to listen to him. And he's actually known as the weeping prophet because he cries tears of sadness, not only because he knew what was about to happen, but because no matter how hard he tried, the people would not listen. And see... It's interesting whenever I read that and I think of the people that we try and invite 
to be a part of this. And your family members that you just think like they're, they're so far gone, they're so far removed. Continue to be obedient to what God tells you to do. Continue to give that invitation. God can still do something with it. Jeremiah preaches for 40 years and not once did he see any real success in, in changing or suffering the hearts and softening, sorry, the hearts and minds of his people. And the other prophets of Israel before him, they had seen some successes, at least for a little while, but not Jeremiah. He was speaking to a brick wall and, and he tried to make the people understand. But the nation of Israel, the people he was speaking to, just like many today, many nations today, they had stopped putting God first. They had replaced him with false gods. Those that would not make them feel guilty or convict them of sin. They had put things in place of God that would simply just make them feel nice. That wouldn't, that wouldn't expect them to, to live an incredibly different way from the way that they're living. But the problem is with that is that these gods again, these things that we idolize, ultimately they are false. Ultimately they lead us down a path of destruction and what God offers is life and life to the full. What he offers is eternity with him. And Jeremiah, he, he becomes discouraged, as, as you could probably imagine. He sinks into a bit of a pit where many believers seem to get stuck when they think that their efforts aren't making a difference, that, that their time is diminishing, that they're running out of time. Jeremiah was, he was emotionally spent, even to the point of doubting God. But still, God was not done with him. And I want to encourage you again, if you ever feel that you're in that season where you are just spent. I feel like I've been working so hard at this and for so long and I'm not seeing any fruit for my labor. I'm not seeing any answers. God is not done with him yet and God is not done with you yet. And, and we read in Jeremiah 15 and verse 19, it records a lesson for each believer to remember in these times when we feel alone, discouraged, when our faith wavers. It says this, therefore, this is what the Lord says. If you repent, I will restore you that you may serve me. If you utter worthy, not worthless words, you will be my spokesman. Let this people turn to you, but you must not turn to them. And what God's saying to Jeremiah here is come back to me and I will restore the joy of your salvation. Church, friends, brothers, sisters, come back to him. If you are spent, if you are tired, come back to him. This is what we have to hold on to. It's just, it's a strength like no other. It's a peace like no other. It's a well that never runs dry. If you are thirsty, you will thirst no more. Nothing else can offer this church. But God offers it. And he offers it to the lowly. 
He offers it to those that the world don't necessarily see as successful or worth giving an opportunity to. But God offers it. He extends it to us. And what we learn from the life of Jeremiah is the comfort of knowing that just like every believer, even great prophets of God, they can experience that rejection. They experience that discouragement. But just as Jeremiah found, we can know that the faithfulness of our God is infinite. God will never cease to be faithful. Even when we are unfaithful to him, he remains faithful. He remains steadfast. He is our constant. Jeremiah was given the task of delivering an unpopular message. Does that sound familiar? I know it's in a different context. I know it's in a different circumstance. But sometimes the message that we have, it's not always the most popular. But people need to hear it, church. I needed to hear it. I needed that invitation. And this is, it's so true of the world today. Believers who are following God's instructions, we need to tell people about this. We need to tell them that Christ is returning. We need to tell them that they need to come to church. They need to repent of their sin. They need to be saved. Like I said last, last week, it's a matter of life and death. And even though most are not listening, we need to persevere, keep proclaiming truth, because people need rescue. As long as people are without hope, we are with a mission. We have a mission. And I want to I wanna again go back to the verses that we had looked at here in Jeremiah chapter 1. Because there's a prominence here. And I don't know if you noticed this as you read through it. But when I um, continued to study this, I, I was amazed that there's a prominence here and a certain pronoun. I... And in these verses, it's referencing the Lord. And he says that I formed you. He says that I knew you. He says I sanctified you. He said I ordained you. He said I send you. He said I command you. And ultimately he says I am with you. And all of this church was so Jeremiah knew that he was not a prophet by his own choosing. There wasn't anything that he could have done. He wasn't, um, he, he wasn't some kind of standout character or standout person. Jeremiah was not a prophet by his own choosing. God had set him apart and God had commissioned him. See, it's God that forms us and knows us, that sanctifies us and ordains us, that sends us, that commands us. And church, he is with us. And can I encourage you who don't know God tonight as well? Maybe sometimes you feel alone. Maybe you feel dejected or maybe you even feel like this, this, this world and me, we just don't fit. Well, God in his word, he continues to recognize. 
He continues to, to tell us that we are set apart by God. It says in Isaiah chapter 49 and verse 1, Listen to me, O coastlands, and give attention, you peoples from afar. The Lord called me from the womb, from the body of my mother. He named my name. He knew me before I was here. He was with me from the womb. It says in Psalm 139 and verse 16, Your eyes saw my unformed substance, and your book were written, every one of them. The days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. God knows the plan. He has the plan for our lives. And as it says in Jeremiah, and again we read it there, He is with us because He sends us. He commissions us. And it's all because of him. So we don't want to offer you something that the world can offer you. Because God offers something completely other. Completely different. In Galatians 1 and chapter, sorry, chapter 1 and verse 15. But when he who had set me apart before I was born... And who called me by his grace. It's only by his grace that I am called. And I thank God that I am called. I thank God that he sends us. People like us. Because as I stand here today in front of you. And I, I, and I share what God has done in my life. I, I want to tell you as, as some of you will have heard before. That, that I am you. That God used somebody that it makes no sense to use. That God calls somebody that in, in a worldly sense it makes no sense to call. But God, God in his wisdom knows the plan for our lives. He knows what is ahead of us and he knows that we need the word that he gives us. He promises us what's in the world, but he promises that he is with us, church. And he is for us, and he is not against us. And can I encourage you that if you don't know God, you should get to know God. Maybe this is your first night, and maybe you're thinking, oh, this is, this is all a bit much for me. Can I encourage you? Just keep coming. Just keep seeing. Keep coming. See what you think. I believe that God is not finished with you yet. And I want to finish by sharing some quotes that have impacted me on my journey in this um, last 12 years. And have, have maybe been of significance to me in that time. And the first is this. Church is for me. But it's not all about me. See, church is absolutely for us. And I believe that wholeheartedly because the Bible tells me it. It tells me not to neglect gathering with other believers. It tells me that I am part of a body. And not only that, but the part that I play is of vital importance. 
and it says that the body is not the same without me here. The word absolutely tells us that the church is for us, but in that it also tells us that the church was created by God to bring glory to God through people gathering together, through people being a part of something. We are all here to point to him. The church was created by God to bring glory to God. Church is about the God who saved me. It's about serving God and serving his people. And if we all treat church that way, then we are all blessed by it. Make your goal in coming to church to be a blessing. If we all did that, then we are all blessed. And ultimately, being a blessing is normally a blessing in itself. Church is for me, but it's not all about me. And secondly, circumstances, feelings, and societal opinions have no bearing on truth. And, and um, that says there, it's by Lee Strobel. And this is a conversation that he has with um, somebody named Dr. Habermas. And this conversation continues because Dr. Habermas also says this, what I want and don't want has no impact on truth. And what I want to say tonight is no matter what I feel, no matter what circumstances I might go through, the truth of God's word remains the same. And I want to say that for you too. And, And Jeremiah himself, as we read, he had doubts. And, and it's only natural that we will have those doubts too. But what, we're, what we have here is absolute truth. And we're not trying to sell you something. It is absolutely true what is written in this word. We absolutely believe in what the Bible says. And what the Bible says is absolute fact and absolute truth. What can never be disputed is the fact that Jesus Christ was born. He lived his life. He died and he rose from the dead. It's historical fact. It is absolute truth. And church, we must never waver from that. There are too many people that, that base their faith upon their feelings. And listen, we, we have feelings. The Bible recognizes those. They are a part of our life. But I encourage you, never do this journey alone. And understand that what we believe is absolute truth and nothing else. And finally, Christianity, if false, is of no importance, and if true, of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. I say this to those who maybe sit on the fence. I want to say to you that this can't be moderately important, because this has eternal implications. What we believe has eternal implications. It goes beyond all of this. And, and as I said, what we believe is absolute truth. So if true, Christianity, if true, is of infinite importance. This is true. And you need to get to know it. 
You need to understand that God has a plan for your life. And maybe that started here tonight. Your journey with Christ. But God has a plan for your life. And what his word says to us. It is absolute truth. God sent his son into the world. To pay a penalty that we could never pay. He paid for our sin by dying on the cross. He died on the cross. He was buried for three days. Because then we knew he was absolutely dead. But then he rose from the dead. He came back. He showed people this is me. This is me. This is he who died. And I've risen again. And when he did that he told us that absolutely everything that was said about him is true. Jesus Christ died in order that you would have a relationship with God. And all you need to do is accept that you are a sinner. Believe that Christ was raised from the dead and confess that he is Lord. Let me pray, church. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that we have a hope that is alive. Thank you, God, that we have a hope that is risen from the dead. God, we thank you that your word is true, that it is active. God, we thank you for each and every story. And God, thank you for your blessing here in this building. Thank you for this church, God. Thank you for what is ahead. Lord, thank you for your word and, and how we can hold on to it, God. How it is a firm foundation. But God, thank you for your son. Thank you that his, his life, his death and his resurrection, it means so much to us. Thank you that it changes our lives, that it gives us life. Thank you for the opportunity of eternity spent with you. In your son's holy and precious name, we give you praise. Amen. Church, I invite you to stand to your feet. sorrow and dead in my sin Lost without hope and no place to begin Your love made a way to let mercy come in Oh, when death was arrested Ash was redeemed, only beauty remains. My orphan heart was given in vain. My morning grew quiet, my feet rose to dust. When death was arrested, and my Change, I'm a...